You're listening to Big Shot Business Podcast. The what, the why, and the how of building and running a successful business on the African continent. Here's your host, Linkford Biz. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Big Shot Business Podcast. Today, I'm in Sri Lanka talking to South African entrepreneur, Vangile Makwakwa. She is the founder and CEO of WealthyMoney.com and the author of Heart, Mind and Money, using emotional intelligence for financial success. This episode was brought to you in collaboration with the good people at Big Shot Business Network. Big Shot Business Network. Connect. Share. Grow. So, Vangile, welcome to the Big Shot Business Podcast. It's really an honor to have you here. And I look forward to what you're going to be discussing today and assisting as many entrepreneurs across Africa as we can. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Linkford. This is just awesome. I'm happy to be here. That's beautiful. It's really an honor having you. So as is the culture and tradition with Big Shot Business Podcast, first things first, we have to know who you are. So would you tell us who is Vangile Makwako? Um... Okay, so <laughs> who am I? This is such a funny question, but such a profound question. I think that I, first and foremost, I guess I'm going to answer like all my students do in this like really cryptic way. I am a soul on a journey through life, you know, whatever that means and whatever life is. So that is who I am. That's who I see myself as. Um, in terms of uh, what I do, it's completely different. I help people heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts and live their best lives. And I also am the host of the Property Magicians podcast where my co-host Mizo and I teach people how to build their property portfolios, either from scratch or how to make them better or build them. Um, Yeah, I guess like just make them better if they already are property investors. And then over at Wealthy Money Academy, I have online courses, which is where I teach about ancestral trauma and teach people how to start integrating trauma into their nervous system and start healing it. Sounds intriguing. Would you tell us about the journey, the journey that you're on? <laughs> what journey is this? Um, well, I'm also um, a traveler, right? Like, I feel like I am a traveler in the spiritual sense, but I'm also a traveler in the physical sense. So right now I am in Sri Lanka. This explains like the yoga way because I'm like, living right on the beach I'm constantly running around doing yoga on the beach so I've been I tend to travel so before COVID I traveled to many different countries so like in a year I usually live in eight different countries for 30 days or more and then I just move from country to country so I've been doing that for six years now and even before that i moved back to south africa for three years but before that i'd been traveling for most of my life straight out of um university as an under as an undergrad i would just travel you know i just traveled to various countries 
different um, countries having different experiences. So for me, that is so, so important. So that for me is what I think. I feel like life is about this new, this ability to explore yourself, right? And to see who you are in different environments. And I think that's also why I'm an entrepreneur, <laughs> is that like, I wanna see who I am, not just today, but like in the next country. In Sri Lanka, I am this person, but am I the same person in Thailand? Am I the same person in Malaysia, in Bali, in the Czech Republic, in the UK? And often the answer is no, right? So my environment tends to impact me and I often find different version of, uh, versions of me that I didn't know existed in the different countries through my travels. So it's also a way of getting to understand myself more. So for me, I do see life as this journey that is more about, I don't, I mean, I say this even as a money coach that it's not so much about accumulating wealth and just building generational wealth or getting yourself financially stable. It's also about knowing who you are, like allowing our souls to evolve and express themselves and explore whatever they're here to explore. Because I have an idea of what I want to explore, but what is my soul here to fully explore? It may not be the thing that I think it is. I see. So, oh, yeah. that's, that's very profound. It's, um, I haven't gotten myself to travel much, but... Um, how is it been? How how do you feel? What's the difference between what you were six years ago and how you feel now? Oh my gosh. It's like night and day, right? Like it's almost like every single country has impacted me in some fundamental way, you know? And um, it's like, I almost feel like every time I go somewhere, I am impacted by the, the country untouched. I always joke and say, oh, I wonder what Sri Lanka is doing to me because um, this country is so, like people here are soft in many ways and subtle in how they bring messages across and you almost always have to read between the lines, okay. you know? And sometimes it's just like, oh my God. So there's like a lot of that that goes on here and it's a very conservative society, right? So I can see that parts of me are changed in some ways because yeah, it's conservative. So I'm like, okay, I know that I'm not just going to wear the shortest whatever. Whereas in some countries, like when I'm in Thailand, I don't even think about that. It's just like whatever. But then Sri Lankans are also extremely kind and Ubuntu. Usually I'm a short kind of person. Like how, when I say that, it's like, oh, you've come to visit me. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. But in Sri Lanka, I've had to learn the old ways of Ubuntu, right? Which we have in South Africa that when someone comes for food, I must offer tea. I must be gracious in that way, which here is required. Like even when I'm like, oh God, 
I only have an hour. Please just like leave me alone. I have things to do. You know? So it changes you. So that's what I mean by um, countries changing you. And I think that for me, it's reminding me who I am. But then I also think that having lived when I was living in the U.S., that changed me tremendously as well. It was the first time that I saw people like where the, during the day at noon, I could call up anyone and be like, well, various friends and be like, hey, are you busy? Do you wanna go out to lunch on a weekday and just be out to lunch for like three, four hours, go out to the park? Because a lot of the people in my circle were entrepreneurs, virtually working from home, running their businesses. And then when I moved to South Africa, that was also like a mindset shift when I moved back home for three years. It was like, people are not doing that. <laughs> you know, like people have jobs and if people have work, they go, and if people run their own companies, they go to offices. Right. <laughs> and that for me was like, wow. So that also changed me a little. And then I moved to Chiang Mai, uh, Thailand, where literally at 9am to 11am or to 12pm, I would just be chilling out in the park, doing nothing until I had clients or whatever, or I'd just be lying around in the sun, in the park, soaking in the sun with other nomads, talking about the various countries, all sorts of things. So what I think what traveling did for me in all these different countries was it taught me that there are many ways to live, awakened me and reminded me of my own humanity and where I come from. You know, like it's funny that Sri Lanka should be that country because it's not on the African continent. But here is where I'm constantly being reminded to just be like, offer tea offer this, like offer help. And then there's a part of me that's like, no, because I'm too busy, right. you know? But then it's like part of the culture requires that. It's not that it demands that, mm. but if you're going to be living in this culture, it is just suggested wow. that you do this, you know? Uh, that's, so that's, that's really amazing. Yeah. Quite a journey you are on. And I hope I'll gather the courage to also <laughs> do some traveling. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when it comes to uh, business, let's say, um, you mentioned that you're, you're doing a property podcast and you're also running uh, the Wealth Money Academy. How mm. has that journey been for you? from let's say maybe the, the beginning to where it is now, how has that evolved for you? Oh, wow. Uh, so when I started Wealthy Money, I started off being a speaker to South African companies and it was really like, yeah, these companies are here and this is what I'm gonna do. So that was 2014, then like one day, I woke up after making like, after just getting this company to just think good revenues and paying off my debt and everything. Then like something in my head is like, run wealthy money as you travel. So I had this burning desire to go back to the Caribbean, to go back to Trinidad, which I see it as my second home. Well, now probably like low on the list of homes because <laughs> I keep collecting. Right. <laughs> second homes right so then i 
went back there and then a friend of mine invited me to her wedding in India. So I went to Delhi and I got to Delhi and that was the beginning of the end for me because then my entire shift, whereas before it was, I am running a company virtually and people can still book me because I'll have a common place to always come back to. Even with my first company that went completely belly up and bankrupt, speak to be free. I was based in Boston. People knew where to find me. And then now this was a whole different mindset shift for me because it meant like, I don't have a stable home. I don't have a stable address. I don't have a stable phone number. I have like a consistent as a WhatsApp number now, you know, but that has also changed a few times in the last few years, you know, but now I'm like, okay, let's just keep it to my South African SIM card number and keep it going. So that has meant that I've had to really rethink a lot of things, you know, it's meant that, um, I have to be okay with not having an office. So that journey has been also about letting go of certain clients. Now with COVID, it's been like a mini sort of business uh, shift in terms of South African corporates. But before South African corporates never used to want to do anything with me because I'm not here. So that was a huge form. Most of my revenue was coming from and start marketing directly to individuals. And now like literally 90% of wealthy money's revenue comes from individuals. And that meant a whole different kind of marketing and learning how to market. When corporate, a lot of the um, marketing and the deals were based on the relationships that you have with the corporate, with your track record, etc. Now I was like having to learn how to market on social media, how to go beyond likes and comments on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, to people like paying money in the bank. And at a time, especially um, in 2017, when I started doing this properly, um, People were still not like in, in South Africa. Most people were like, yeah, we see you, but where is your office based? I need to be able to come see you in person. So having to work through that, you know, I know you're laughing because you get it, <laughs> right? So having to work through that. And sometimes people don't even know, right? right? And then, so in 2018, we introduced international retreats where people from all over the world could come meet me at a venue in a specific country. The first country I did was Thailand. Little did I know that most South Africans, literally people booked. And then like maybe two, three months before the retreat happened, people canceled. And I didn't understand what was happening. After they saw the retreat videos, the pictures, everything, people told me that they thought because of how I travel, right? I'm a yoga, vegan, um, like meditation person. And that's what I teach. So they thought, oh my God, she's going to have us living in a backpacker place. <laughs> she's going to have us being, uh, and plus it's Thailand. So human trafficking, here we come. So literally wow. people imagine the worst. So it was also about, so in that leg of the business, that segment of the business, it became also about educating people about all the different ways that you can travel, that there is no one way and 
then there is a way that you can travel in a way that is upscale, right. do retreats, have like all sorts of your needs met, etc. So I think in terms of, for me, it's been a lot of like really teaching the market about different things along the way, you know, because at first people, and I don't blame them. People here, the only thing that I ever knew about Thailand before I moved to Thailand was that like people put drugs in your suitcase and then you end up in a Thai jail. So now like I was asking people to yeah. fly. They had never met me on offline, right? Yeah. They'd only ever seen me online. Now I was asking them to fly to a foreign country. Um, I was asking them to wait at airports, to come get me, to change flights like maybe two or three times because they weren't just going to Bangkok mm -hmm. or Phuket. They were going deep into Chiang Mai, so they had to find ways to change flights and all sorts of things. It was a lot. And, and also like how to use my online platform yeah. for the courses in 2017. Mm -hmm. People were like... <laughs> Are you sure say for me to put in my my debit card yeah. and my credit card details? Yo, man, it was actually now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yo, that was a lot. I got a lot of questions. And then I teach ancestral trauma around money. Yeah. So people would be like, your ancestral trauma, do we now need to be dealing with, do I now need to be consulting with you right. as a Sangoma? Do I, and my sister's a Sangoma, yeah. right? So people were just yeah. like confusing us. <laughs> and then they were like, not only that, but my sister also teaches such like, I feel like such profound things. Right, yeah. But all that people knew about ancestral anything was like, what they heard about ancestors they didn't know about intergenerational yeah. trauma and mm -hmm. trauma that is passed down from one generation to the next through the nervous system mm -hmm. so yeah i think i was just all in all i think that the journey has been <laughs> interesting mm -hmm. and fascinating but it was just a like i think now people know mm -hmm. what to make of what wealthy money mm -hmm. does but then it was just a lot you know, it was like, first, people would send me messages and say, I'm freaked out by you. I'm scared of you. <laughs> like, for real. Like, I just did a video on a beach in a foreign country. Right. What can be so scary about me? But just because I mentioned words like ancestral, right. trauma, all these things, it was just like, ah, 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 ah. she just said... Talk to your ancestors. We need to heal our ancestors. No, no, fam. <laughs> I think that's also another version of the trauma. Yeah. yeah, it is. And then, like, obviously, because this is somehow linked to money. So right. people also couldn't understand. So wait, she teaches about money. But, like, when we go into her courses, she's not talking. She's not doing the balance sheet, income statement, or budget. She's not teaching the usual budget. <laughs> She's not, she never talks about the numbers. What is with this woman? You know, like, how am I going to shift? Is this is going to, if, how am I going to change my finances and increase my income if she never discusses the pertinent, right. pertinent yeah. issue of money right. and shows me how to cut down on spending, how to increase things in business. So let's just say like, 
almost everything was just a wild west for everyone that was dealing with me. (laughs) Now it doesn't seem like it, right? Because we've done so much work around the brand and it's now come across as cool. But trust me, when it started, it was like a no-no. So many people wouldn't sign up. So many people were like, you just freaked me out. Did you just say ancestors? <laughs> I'd get emails from people telling me that they are praying for me, that I don't go to hell. <laughs> Yo, that you stressed me, hey? <laughs> Yo, that stressed me. People would go to church apparently just so that I could find God and I could see the light. I was like, no, fam. Like, please, like, respect me. Oh, my God. <laughs> that must have been quite uh, quite a start. And there, there are clear challenges that you're faced, I think, as a, as, a, as a business, trying to convince your clients that doing business with you was worth it and also trying to reduce their anxiety, yeah. especially when it comes to then spending with you. If you were to outline it maybe in, in, in simpler ways, maybe to an entrepreneur that is starting, what would you say were the ways that you used to overcome those challenges? Okay, so the first thing with, the, um, I think the big thing with the ancestral trauma, uh, really I got very lucky. Some of my students saw such benefits that they, were, that they come from charismatic churches right and they understood the thinking process because I don't come from a a Christian or a church background so I was literally just like what is going on (laughs) so then they took it upon themselves to start sharing exactly what was going on right and so then they would start um, sharing with people and then they started having breakthroughs so what I started doing was using a lot of social proof like all the students that were having shifts would would do testimonial videos and they just wanted till this day they still (laughs) want everybody to do the work so they just like yay to testimonial videos were on board all the time and I have like probably close to 30 testimonial videos on YouTube right now mm. because people are just like, this work needs to go out. So I think that was one thing. But the second thing, right, is that people won't give you testimony. What you're doing isn't making a change to their lives. Right. So what I did was I just committed to over-delivering. And I still commit to that. So it was like... Everything, I just want to over-deliver. Everyone that goes through this course, when a person does this lesson, this is the kind of shift that I want them to do. So then I would experiment. I would work with private clients. I would go out of my way to find out um, how I could deliver. And then the next thing was to also start creating a community. So the thing that I realized was that, okay, some people are looking at me as a weirdo and they just like, literally, they would be telling some people on the side and some people would tell me like, "Mm -mm, we just don't feel her. We don't want her in our space. So what I had, and I remember one of my friends then sat me down and said to me, Go where you are wanted, not where you are needed, which that I ever got in terms of marketing. So then I went out of my way to say, you know what? I am going to find fellow weirdos 
who are like, I want to try this ancestral healing thing. I want to figure out what the hell she's talking about. Yes, I will hop on a plane to go to Sri Lanka or to go to Thailand, which is how um, when I brought out my retreats for Sri Lanka at the end of 2018, because I learned from the beginning of 2018, right, right that oh, I need my fellow weirdos, the ones that are like, I'm willing to spend the money, even if I don't know this woman, because, well, she is my person. She is my mm -hmm. tribe. And so the, um, by the end of 2018, for the 2019 retreats, I was fully booked. I ended up having two retreats in Sri Lanka wow. instead of one because the first one filled up so fast. So then like there was an overflow for the second one. So I, so, and then that brings me to my, I keep trying. Mm. Well, I don't want to call them mistakes, but from mistakes, right, you know, yeah. from what's going on in the business. So I keep track of everything that's going on that, okay, we did this marketing campaign. We tested it out. How has it worked for the first quarter? And then, okay, is it, will it work again in the second quarter? Okay, it's not working or it is working. And then we go deeper to find out what are some of the things that are working. And then I hired, um, I was already working with coaches anyway, but in 2018, I figured, I think a lot happened for me during that Thai retreat because what had happened was that people booked and then they canceled. And then I had already fully booked out a venue paid for food and then I had no money left for plane tickets to fly my teachers, my fellow teachers who were teaching with me right. over to Thailand and I ended up using my own money. And then like I didn't have enough money for tours. I ended up maxing out my savings and using my own funds for that so that I could deliver on the retreat because I could already see that if I don't do this and people are already weary and scared, they will never ever sign up for another retreat sure, with me. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing is like, I always try to make sure as much as possible to deliver on what I say I will. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I say I'm going to do ABCD in the business, I deliver on that. And what that meant was even though people were not seeing me offline and they very rarely got to meet me offline, they knew in the online space that what I said I was going to do, I mm -hmm. did, right. mm -hmm. you know, so they started to trust me. So like then I started to build um, brand trust right. because that was the big thing. It's that part of why people didn't trust me was because they couldn't meet me in person, right. Yeah. right? So now there is that brand trust. And then I made myself available to people to ask questions, right? So I said, if you yeah. ask me any questions, I'll do live videos. I will answer them, specific questions about the products. Mm. I'll walk you through what happens in the courses, all that. So there was a lot of the education element. And then a lot of it was also about uh, branding. So I hired, um, this was a team, right? Mm. So I... And made sure that I always work with like great social media managers. Um, actually, my team tends to be with me for long periods of time for like a year or a year and a half before people want to move on. Or sometimes people do stay on um, a little longer mm -hmm. until I find a replacement. So that has been really, really incredible. I hire a team that is 
like resonates with the brand also feels like, oh my God, this is my tribe. I love what the brand is about. So they love to read what it is that I post out. Um, and like, it's always been from, I'm very much like, I want to work with women of color. So that is a big thing right. for me. It, they don't have to be South African. They can be from anywhere on the African continent, right? Mm. So my social media manager is Moroccan. My virtual assistant is um, South African. And then like we've got our sound editor, who's not a woman, but that's okay, right? But like I, I, I work with people from as much as possible from the continent because they can resonate with where I am. Even right now, the public relations company that I'm looking at and the advertising that they do, they're based in Nigeria, right? But the woman is originally from Kenya. I'm looking at her stuff. But like, it's really people that understand I am working with black women and they grasp what that means. Uh, and like, oh, I'm just working with women from the African continent what does that look like, right? And then I also hired coaches. So I realized that I have some crazy trauma from childhood and other, and just like a bunch of other stuff, right? So then I decided to hire a coach, not just like trauma in business like I do, but just like with trauma especially, and somehow it ties into the business I just need a coach that understands what I'm trying to do in terms of the business and how my trauma holds me back. So then I hired that. Then I hired a relationship coach because I was like, I need to know how to relationship properly with humans. People just assume that you wake up and you know how to relationship with people. I'm like, how? Like who taught us? We learned from our parents. We learned from our friends. We learned from our teachers. And as far as I can tell, like they were not experts in this relationship in game, right. right? So I hired that and I still have all my coaches. And then I hired a business coach. I hired a coach who was like in my business almost, and that's what she was doing. And that's what now, now she's like, I don't know, last month she like made like a hundred K or something in her business, a hundred thousand dollars or something ridiculous. But I was like, I want to hire someone who is running an online business who can teach me the things that I don't know about running an online right. business. And I, don't, I, I was very, very clear with myself that I don't hire coaches based on price because I will find the money some way and it will always True. fund itself mm, back true. by um, working with really great coaches. But I'm going to hire people that are great at what they do. And I really, really amazing. And I can learn from them. And I'm not just interested in what they do. I'm interested in understanding how they think. Mm -hmm. I want them to teach me how they think and they see the world. And let me tell you, that changed the game completely for me and continues to change the game because I realized that it's not in the doing of things that was tripping me up for me. It's always in how I feel about things, my emotional reactions, and then in how I was looking at certain situations, I was unable to like basically almost break apart challenges and then find the opportunities and grow 
from there. So I know. So why I then worked with my coaches was to figure out what is it that they know that I don't know, you know, because you can't even, it's not even in your periphery, some of these things, to be honest, you know, and that like literally scaled the business in ways that I could not have imagined. So it was, I started focusing. So I think the key things was I started working on myself and investing in myself. And then I started hiring a team that is like so much better. It's so many things than I, than I am. Uh-huh. And that just like changed everything. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. That's quite that's quite an outline. I think there should be a book on this. <laughs> <laughs> because um, ultimately, you know, in in um, I think entrepreneurs across the entire world, uh, let alone Africa, yeah. uh, they they kind of face the same yeah. challenges. You know, you have an idea yeah. and you want to start something, but then there are some things that will contribute to this idea, but you don't know those things. And coaches exactly. will be, you know, um, a great place to start because they have that information. That was yeah. that's really profound. That's really profound. I yeah. think this is information that entrepreneurs <laughs> need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard about Big Shop Business Network? It's the place to be for African entrepreneurs, business owners, and professionals just like you. Join millions of fellow entrepreneurs today by visiting likeabigshot.com Big Shot Business Network Connect, Share, Grow Let's get into money and emotions a little bit because um, I think I have not found something that makes people as emotional as money does. Religion doesn't even get there. Politics doesn't even get there. <laughs> money can get emotions heated up very quickly. <laughs> yes. yeah. what, what, what do you have to say to entrepreneurs about that? Okay, so the first thing is understand your key emotions around money, right? So understand if you are the kind of person that when people are speaking, and this was also part of my journey, right? And I speak about it a lot in heart, mind, and money, which is I needed to understand, like, it just made a difference to understand how do I react emotionally, for years, I understood that like part of how I responded whenever people would bring up money was anxious. And now you're an entrepreneur. You're going into business. You need to understand how do you feel about asking for money? So when you are sending, when it's your turn to send out invoices and then to follow up with payment, how do you feel about that? Because that's the thing that sometimes I'll work with clients in my coaching and like they'll be just so shocked. they like, wait a minute, you're asking me to follow up with people on set dates for my payment. And I'm saying, yes. So sometimes a lot of entrepreneurs are saying, oh, people so-and-so didn't get paid. I mean, so-and-so hasn't paid me. But then because we have drama around asking for money, we don't do follow-ups. So I tell everyone like, you know what? Simple tip, everyone in my business, when they get credit, for something, they know. I tell them from the time they take something or they say they're going to pay in installments. I tell them, I say, listen, you're going to receive an email from me on the 25th of every month. Whether or not you're going to pay on the 10th and that's our agreement, you're going to receive that email and then I'm going to follow up with you. 
again in three days if you don't uh, i mean i'm going to follow up with you at the beginning of the month mm -hmm. if you don't pay so people know so people are never ever upset when they get an email from me or a follow-up text message or whatever you know and so i very rarely touch wood like stress and follow like pay, chase people from pillar to post to pay me because like people know and sometimes they'll be like oh thank you for the reminder van i haven't forgotten you you're still on my mind right so a lot of times it's that right. so yeah. understand how do you feel about asking for money if you know it makes you anxious angry frustrated how do you feel when clients tell you that they can't pay this month and they need an extension because sometimes you find that you have a great client right they are paying and have been paying for eight months but your finances are in a mess and then you blow up on this client instead of being understanding so that they can continue being a great client right and then how with how are you with your boundaries around money because some clients are not always great right so how are you with your boundaries around right. money yeah. i fired clients before because i'm like uh-uh Getting you to pay is always a hassle. I have to get you off my client roster. It's been real, but I don't want you as a client. And I've told many people that, right? Or I sense that some clients are not in integrity with how they deal with money. And then I'm like, but I don't want to be, I don't want to have to deal with you in that state. So I'm sorry, I can't take you on as a client. So understand what are your values around money? What are your boundaries around money? Because that will help you make decisions around certain um, clients, around certain business deals. I mean, I get offered some opportunities where I'm like, no, yes, it could make a lot of money, but this is why it doesn't align with my brand and this is why i can't take it on so if you don't know yourself around money often what we do is we'll accept accept things that are not opportunities that are not in alignment with our brand clients that add more stress than value to your brand right like seriously that does happen like for me i'm always like if i have to run after you to get a payment more than twice you are adding stress if you're not responding to my emails you're not responding to my messages forget it i don't really engage too long you know because it's like why all this drama like what i do is i teach about money and clearly if you are doing my work we are working on how to openly talk about money right so understand what it is that you are willing yeah. and not willing willing to do for money and then understand what is it that ups your anxiety levels your frustration your anger your overwhelm around mm. money you know so i know often mm. i have to ask people if someone wants me to do a speaking engagement or wants me to do certain things i've had to learn how much to ask how much admin is involved in here do you need more than an invoice? When people request a lot in terms of me, uh, from me in terms of admin, I freak out. I get, oh, I hate the job, all these things. So if I am mentally prepared, then I can say yes or no, right? So understand what are your triggers around money? Because sometimes we say yes to things, it becomes 
too intense and then it makes us come across as unprofessional whereas really we weren't unprofessional mm. it's just that we were triggered in some way and we don't have <laughs> the languaging around that so that you can literally say to people that's going to be too much work for me for this amount of money so i'm just not going to be able to do it thank you you know Oh, okay, that's good. I think I can work around that. Just send me all the documentation that's required up front. That's fascinating. I think I'll take some of those lessons for myself. No, yes. I do that. Especially about the follow-up with payment, even for corporates. I'll tell yes. them, I'll say, okay, if I don't hear from you and I haven't been paid by the state, please expect an email from me. I will send an email on this day by this time. And then I'll put it in my calendar, right? To say, just shoot them an email. And here's the thing, because they were expecting it. They don't get all upset because they agreed to, okay, yes. You know? So like now they know that, you know, and I'll actually answer from the previous email and say, hey, how are you? I'm just following up on the payment as agreed this is uh today's the 25th or today's the 30th i haven't heard anything from you and i haven't right. seen a transfer in my bank account please mm. can you check on what's happening for me i've never had a problem with people in that regard that's really fascinating because i think for my side <laughs> i haven't tried doing it that way but you know um i've tried confronting some of the emotions yeah. that i have around money and um especially when when i had to increase my prices that yeah. was another thing you know because now i'm thinking um will they yeah. will they accept this price but i don't have that much experience yeah. will they will they and all those questions they stopped me from actually increasing yeah. my prices until i started remembering some of the lessons i got from the book yeah. and i thought to myself right, let's just <laughs> let's yeah. you know and i tripled my prices at that time yes, yes. <laughs> i'm glad that the book did that yes and i'm so big on that right people don't understand like here's what i say the worst thing that you can do as an entrepreneur as an entrepreneur is underpriced be especially if you're giving a lot of value because the amount of time that it's taking you to offer the service or make the product or create it is actually time away from servicing other clients. So if I am offering a low value service or a low value, or a low value product, then I can service like 10 clients in a day. But if I'm offering something that is personalized, tailored to the person, requires a lot of my energy, mm. I cannot physically service more than a certain amount of people in a day. So that means that, that, that those clients are getting so much value from me. If I decide to, if I continue to underprice, I will end up burnt out and I won't be able to offer value, right? The same kind of value. Instead of offering value, what will I be doing? Looking for the next client, running from pillar to post. Like in a meeting, I'll be sitting, oh my gosh, I really need a new client to do A, B, C, D. No, that's not how we should be running a business. So yeah. underpricing actually hurts us so much in the long run. That's very, that's very true. I think also a lesson that entrepreneurs yeah. have to learn. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, is we're kind of pressed yeah. for time now. How would you put it in your own words or in, according to your own experiences? Building and running a successful business. What does someone need to know or need to have for them to be able to do that? I can tell everyone what I need to have. I need my coaches and I need my downtime to think. Like I think also the other thing that I think is undermined is the time required to do the inner work. Like every single day to just go through my own inner work and healing my own traumas around money and healing my entire belief system around money has made such a difference, you know? So just being able to be there for me. So I think it's, I need to be able to invest in myself and have the support system that in the same way that I give support to others, I want that for myself. And then I also need a strong team. There are things that I am just A, not good at, and like maybe it's not just that I'm not good at them. I just don't want to do them in the business, you know, and actually having other people do them just frees so much time and energy for me, like literally. So yeah. That, that for me is super important. All right. So you mentioned your coaches. You mentioned doing, getting the time to do your inner work. Yeah. And um, that's part of investing in yourself. And yeah. uh, you also mentioned having a strong team around you. Yeah. How do you choose that team? Ah, that's such a good question. Um, for me, it really is about people that resonate with me. So years ago, I couldn't decide how you choose a team and I would always hire based on skills and flashiness, who was able to talk the best, you know, all these right. things, like yeah. be convinced in that way. And one of the things that I've learned is that you can't teach a person attitude and work ethic, but they can right. always learn a particular skill. You know, right. so right. I, I literally hire for the, um, the way that like, how do I, me and that person gel? And then mm. how is their work ethic? Like, I feel like everyone on my team, their work ethic is almost super perfectionist. And I'm just like, can we just get this thing out the door? Please, can we just do right. this? And everyone's like, no, it has to be this way. But I'm also like, right. I'm always, I'm not joking when I say this, I'm always like in awe. And I'm just like, wow, if I was left to my own devices, things would just go out to clients, especially corporates, like, haphazard you know because that is my personality but then i have this team that will like look at this and be like please do not send this out go back we will do this we will do that take your time it is so frustrating but also so rewarding i keep seeing that right so also so work ethic is key passion mm. do they have a passion for what they do they may not right. know everything they may not be the brightest and the most mm. skilled and then like um also just integrity you know right yeah. that's what i like and that has helped me so much like that has saved right. me so much trauma and drama like i always say to people no people can learn skills if someone comes to mm. me and 
I resonate with them and I vibe with them and I see that they know ABC, that they say, they tell me they want to do this and they're moving into this field, but they don't have great experience with it. But I can see and I know this person and I've been able to see a track record online that, oh no, this person knows exactly what it is that they're doing. If you tell me you want to be in social media and then you tell me, you show me some of the things you've been doing with clients or on your own or you want to be in PR and these are projects right. that you've been following and doing that person has passion that is a yeah. skill someone can learn on the job so that's one yeah. of the things that I've learned is that honestly you can study things I myself am that person right I'm always on YouTube and Google trying to learn how to do certain things I don't know yeah. a lot of the things especially when I started online, I taught myself basic coding, you know, from wow. going on yeah. blogs, from going on, G on YouTube. These were things that I taught myself basic stuff, you know, because I didn't have money at the time to pay for a web designer and a web developer. So I ended up developing a horrible website, but I did it myself, you know, and I'm just like, right. but the point is I know how I know basics of that. So right. even when I'm doing certain things and it's not working out the way that I want, I'm just like, oh, okay, I can use code instead of using their template. So but right, that so came yeah. from, if someone had to look at me, they would have been like, we can't hire you for an online business. You know nothing about <laughs> online, which I knew zero. I knew True. nothing about copywriting, yeah. about any of these things, but I've taught myself copywriting. If you go on the Wealthy Money website, um, I have an incredible um, web designer who's also the brand manager and the social media manager, all that. Mm -hmm. But the copy in everything on the website is written by me. Like people are always oh, like, who does your mm -hmm. copywriting? I learned it. <laughs> Along the way, I kept doing right. it. I learned how to blog. I learned how to post blogs. I learned how to um, do certain things. So things, skills can be learned. But if there's a, no passion and the work ethic isn't there, forget it. You know? So right. I'm not, I'm, that for me is like what I'm looking for. And it served me so well, to be honest. So, so well. A lot of my mm -hmm. team members are literally like, oh, I'm just going to be learning this as I go along. Like our <laughs> podcast editor didn't know he was, he's a great musician and a great music editor and everything. Didn't know much about podcasts, but now our podcasts are so incredible. Like people have even said, your podcasts have gotten better with time. And I'm like, because our editor has gone out of his way to learn more and more things about podcasts. And, uh, I wanted someone who has that mindset that I'm going to keep learning more and more as we go along. Oh, that's amazing. That's really fascinating. Um, again, I'll take this as advice for myself too. <laughs> as another trace of it, traces of it that I, um, I think it has been part of my journey as well because most of the things that actually started uh, helping me in business were things that I learned as I went along, you know. And mm. I think that's, that's really great. That's something that would help so many entrepreneurs because people are stopping yeah. to do things because they think, I don't know how to yes. do this. I don't know how to do that. But then there's always an opportunity to learn. All you need to do is to invest the time in it. And that's, that's, yes. that's really great. Thank you for that. Really and truly. 
One of the things that I will also say, I have sometimes hired people, like when I started out, I hired a copywriter. And then as he was doing the copy for my old company, I made him teach me copywriting and I paid him extra. Right. I said, okay, you're going to sit down and help me understand why you've done this here, why you've edited this word, why you blogged this mm -hmm. way. And even though I'm a writer, I um, signed up for a blogging course years ago. Right. Yeah. You know, I was like, teach me blogging, teach me search engine optimization. So I feel like so many people are teaching so many different things online. Mm -hmm. You go to me, you find specialized coaches, right. specialized teachers, sign up for those programs. Like if I knew that there's certain things in the business that I don't want to always things come across, but certain things I can learn, right? right? Mm -hmm. Now I outsource, like you will not see me, like my blogs are posted by our virtual assistant. So our blog is managed by her. Um, the website is managed by my social media manager. She does all the graphics. She does all these things. But my point is, when I started out, I needed to learn just the basics. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to know everything, but just knowing those basics helped a lot. And sometimes it was about going to the people whose work I admired and saying, maybe you don't teach this now, but I will pay you to teach me, right. yeah. you know? And for some of them, they said like, I opened up a whole new niche and a new money-making <laughs> right. thing for them because they were like, wow, we never ever thought of teaching people this, right. you know? We were always offering the service, but then I was like, I want to learn so that I at least have a basic knowledge or understanding. Indeed, indeed, right. So yeah. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. That's great. <laughs> As we get into closing, any word for entrepreneurs across Africa? The online space is such a cool space to be <laughs> <All> in. <laughs> and I think that um, I was saying this to some friends a few days ago that I feel like the African market online is so underserved. Mm -hmm. So many people are offering products and services to the European market and to the American market because those are the markets that already understand the online space just for the African market. You know, there's so few services just targeted towards African people um, on the African continent, not just in the diaspora, right? And yet, here we are. We are, at, well, I'm not necessarily in South Africa, but the point is we are African people. We're young. We have access to certain resources. We understand the space yet there's still not enough that is being targeted directly to mm -hmm. us. We often need to go outside to hire the coaches from mm -hmm. the U.S., to hire, for, uh, to hire um, service providers from the U.S. for certain things. So there is there's a big opportunity, I feel, mm -hmm. just for targeting millennials on the African continent. So, yeah, those are my last words, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, your book, uh, the courses, and all the programs that you're offering, where can people find them? 
Okay, so people can find everything at wealthy-money.com just on the landing page. It will give you everything. You'll be able to go to the book and to the academy. I'll also give you guys the well, uh, the academy link, but it's wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Check out the blog. We have over 250 articles around money, trauma, money and emotions, how to invest, how to get into real estate. So much just around money, just content around money. So definitely go on the website, check out our blog. And then if you want to take your journey even deeper and start to increase your income, increase your savings, pay off your debt, go to Wealthy Money Academy, go to wealthy-money.com forward slash academy. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash academy. And you guys can find me on Instagram and Facebook as Vangi Lema Feel free to send me messages, ask any questions. I respond to messages. So thank you guys. Thank you, Linkford, for having me. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll put all of that information in, our, in the podcast notes so that people can... Um, access the the courses, access your book and all the good work that you are doing. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today Ah. and sharing so much, so much value with us. And I really appreciate it. Ah, thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Remember to subscribe, review and share this podcast. Be sure to join millions of fellow entrepreneurs at Big Shot Business Network. For this week's show notes, visit likeabigshot.com slash podcast. Until next week, this has been the Big Shot Business Podcast.